You're listening to Interviews, the podcast that cracks the entrepreneurship code. I'm your host, Laurent Autain. I'm an entrepreneur, coach to entrepreneurs, and startup mentor with more than 20 years' experience running companies and advising entrepreneurs. Being an entrepreneur is the most difficult job there is. There are no practical guidelines. So join me every week and learn how you can better navigate your entrepreneurship journey and become an exceptional entrepreneur. We are virtually flying to Bulgaria. My guest is Irina Podubnaya, the founder of TrackMage, a SaaS company specializing in operations and processes optimization. TrackMage's mission is to make life easier for e-commerce entrepreneurs by automating as many routine tasks as possible. Their, plat their platform tracks shipments, upsells additional products, and handles automatic follow-ups for reviews, helping businesses to reduce the time spent on customer support by 70% and increase sales by 5 to 10% on autopilot. Irina's journey started when she left a 9 to 5 office job and moved to China to start her first business, a fulfillment center which she used to run for 2.5 years without speaking any Chinese. So that first business went burst, but I'm sure she will tell us more about it. Before I turn to Irina, let me turn to you. If you have any questions about entrepreneurship, don't hesitate to send them to me by email, contact at laurentnotin.com, and I will make sure my future guests answer them. Hello, Irina. Thank you very much for being a guest today. Uh, thank you for having me here, Laurent. Uh, I guess... Uh... I have to I have to tell you about the journey now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You, why the heck did you go to China, for instance? <laughs> yeah, that's a very good question. I keep asking myself because I believe it was just some kind of uh, social media uh, propaganda at that point because everyone was talking about starting business with China, and uh, we took it one step over we went to china to start the business with china which wasn't such a smart move uh, but at the time it felt like oh we are going to gain an edge uh, over the competition we are going to get the best suppliers the best prices which couldn't change much because like in china we have uh, uh, how many people right now like i don't i don't remember the correct figure it's like a lot uh, a billion or something uh, and then uh, all those people, they have uh, an edge because they live in China, they speak Chinese, they do mm -hmm. have an edge. But for some reason, not all of them are super wealthy. So we, we, it didn't occur to us that the, the key thing would be the customers. It's not about the location. It's not about the suppliers. It's not about the exclusive uh, low prices. It's about how well you sell, what kind of brand you have and how well your audience knows you. That's uh, what we were missing entirely at that point. And yeah, well, it was a journey. It was definitely an interesting experience uh, because when you move to another country where you don't speak the language, uh, everything changes. You cannot just go out uh, and ask people for advice. Uh, you will not even understand what to ask and how to ask, and they will not understand uh, what you're asking. Yeah. And then, yeah. And doing business, you can imagine, like doing business without uh, the ability to speak to people you're doing business with. Uh, that's uh, <laughs> I like very well, yes. Yeah, <laughs> it's almost like being mute in your own country because, like, again, like mute and deaf. <laughs> that's that's exactly what it is. To but do, this, uh, is, this is crazy because you had a nine to five job, 
and yeah. you left to become an entrepreneur, but you make it being an entrepreneur is already super hard. But yes. you had it like like one layer of difficulty on top yes. of it. <laughs> it's it's almost like starting a game that you have never played and then putting it to, on uh, like extra hard pro mode. <laughs> that's what that's what I did when I moved to China, and that's exactly what. Uh, but, but still, we decently survived. We yeah. not only survived, we uh, found our customers and we served them to the best of our ability. Uh, we were like at the end of the journey, we had a fulfillment center and around 100 customers all over the world uh, who were buying supplies uh, from us. They were mm -hmm. retailers in their own country. Uh, and we were a wholesaler for them. Uh, so we helped them with buying uh, products from China. So that's what we became. Uh, but at that point, that was uh, like, it was very hard uh, business to be in uh, because I had to do everything myself. So uh, like uh, the person in the warehouse, that was me. The person who was checking inventory, that was me. The person who was replying to customer support requests, that was me. The person who was buying the inventory, that was me. Like right. everything was me. <laughs> and it was really, really challenging. Still, we had the power of automation on our side. So we were developing our own system uh, that helped with uh, automating the purchasing process, the fulfillment, uh, then uh, the follow-up with customers and all that stuff after we left China became totally useless. Because like when we were no longer in China, how can we uh, even operate? It wasn't the possibility to hire somebody reliable because uh, I, I guess uh, we just couldn't find the right pa partner in China uh, who could be reliable and whom we could trust. And so at that point, we just said, like, ah, who cares? We're not going to do this anyway. Uh, and uh, we moved back to Bulgaria. Okay. And we, what we were left with was a very robust system uh, that uh, helped me automate the process, that helped me actually just do everything that was needed uh, without hiring 10 people to do all those operations. So. And uh, what we did, we just ported that system and uh, made it into a software as a service. That's the company that we are running currently. It's uh, called TrekMage. Mm. Uh, original uh, name was TrekMagic, but uh, TrekMagic.com was taken. So we reiterated and then said like TrekMage. Okay. I don't know like uh, if we're going to change the name at some point. Uh, it might be a possibility. Because uh, even native speakers, they struggle with pronoun pronouncing the name, like Trek Mage. It's still like, it, it, it's still related to magic, but not a lot of people like, Mage, is it Magento? No, it's not Magento. Mm. So <laughs> Trek Mage would not exist without China. Yes, of course. Yeah. Uh, and Trek Mage actually, uh, like the idea to start the software as a service business, it didn't come uh, like immediately after the previous business uh, ended. It wasn't like, okay, yeah, so we just got out of uh, China. We barely got uh, like all the belongings uh, and uh, we are tired. We don't have any money. And then we started software as a service company. That didn't happen like that. Uh, we spent around four years freelancing and uh, doing some consulting, automation for businesses, uh, agency work, so all that. And only then, only then, uh, in four years when we accumulated a lot more knowledge, a lot more uh, understanding and money, mm. uh, we were able to relaunch the idea to just take everything we uh, had uh, and start serving the, the former us. Basically, uh, the former uh, entrepreneur uh, who has all those troubles with uh, fulfillment, with uh, shipment tracking, with customer support, and uh, they are just overwhelmed with uh, the response. That's uh, that's the kind of entrepreneur we're serving. 
so my uh, goal and the mission would be to save to save a lot of people from routine work. So when mm. you can uh, you can just get yourself out of routine and you can either automate it or uh, or delegate it or outsource it somehow, then you have the time and necessary focus to work on the things that truly matter. Uh, for multiple businesses that could be content creation, marketing, sales, or uh, other businesses where lifestyle, so it would be spending time with family, focusing on uh, leisure time. Uh, or hobbies mm -hmm. uh, for creator businesses like those are the, 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 like my my one true love in the businesses world because the creator businesses they can focus on creating their music uh, recording their videos creating the cartoons that they are drawing and not having to bother with the fulfillment uh, and uh, customer support and uh, all the other operational problems uh, that they cannot hire a person to uh, to do because we just don't have the budget yet but mm -hmm. once they do hire a person, it also becomes more feasible and more manageable if you have a system in place. Because uh, working alone, it's uh, one thing. Working with a team, that's totally different animal. And you have to have systems. And that's why we developed TrackMage to serve uh, specifically that audience where like, you are struggling already. You have like 100 orders per day or 500 orders per day. And it's not humanly possible to uh, do whatever you are doing to, att to attract all those customers and then serving them and fulfilling the orders and uh, replying to all the customer support requests. Why did you leave your nine to five job? Yeah, well, that was pretty easy because I didn't like uh, the... I didn't like that somebody else was uh, telling me what to do and that somebody else wasn't really intelligent. And uh, <laughs> they were they were so obnoxious and uh, so stuck up in this like boss, like big boss mentality. Yeah. Uh, like one notable uh, event from my previous life was when uh, all the, like the entire sales department was called to the boss's uh, office and then we were sitting like students and going to the blackboard to answer the questions. Like, really? <laughs> what kind of nonsense was that? Wow. Yes. Uh, and again, uh, it wasn't the highlight of my life to sell frozen berries in bulk, uh, in containers. It wasn't uh, the, the most fulfilling job. The most uh, interesting uh, experiences I had in the refrigerators uh, because I visited the storage facilities and the warehouses, mm -hmm. uh, and I actually looked at those uh, conditions, how like those pallets uh, and um, like e everything was stored. And then uh, I actually uh, even I, I even uh, traveled with one of the trucks at some point through the customs because I was like I, I had all the documentation. I had to help them with custom clearance, but it was <laughs> such an in interesting experience that probably every other truck driver actually has. <laughs> but for yeah. me, it was a very notable experience. Right. But you could have gone to, you know, find another nine to five job, but instead, uh, yes, you decided to become an entrepreneur. Why? Yes. Um, it was a long uh, process. It was uh, mm. long term, just like kind of brewing inside because uh, ever since I was, uh, ever since I learned how to read, I started reading uh, business books. Uh, the magic, so the magic of sales, uh, NLP, some 
some stuff like uh, Think and Grow Rich uh, and all those other books, mm. they actually shaped my mentality. And I usually, I was reading those books as fairy tales. When we were talking about like those speakers from the stage, somebody who is flying uh, across the world to give speeches, somebody who is selling books or uh, those business consultants, that looked like a dream life to me. Mm. until i became one <laughs> because like... <laughs> yeah and then what you should be like oh no uh oh yeah <laughs> that is not a dream <laughs> uh, well uh, again with remote work uh, all this uh, jazz with uh, just flying to the customer premises where no that's no longer needed that's how i became a consultant with uh, even uh, like Microsoft funded startups with uh, like high, high, high ticket enterprise companies. Uh, they are like, I'm just here on Zoom. Like, uh, like I don't feel that I'm doing the same thing as, as what I read in those books, but still it it's very notable. And I have the experience and I have uh, the ability to help those companies to organize their processes and uh, really be efficient. Mm. So that's what... Uh, that's what kind of throws me off because yes i kind of do what i wanted in life but uh i kind of miss all those uh exciting other things like uh, going to conferences flying around traveling like yeah like and covid also helped with that like uh mm. <laughs> no thanks to that so i have the impression you're talking about freedom like the fact that you know today you're an entrepreneur enables you to be free and do kind mm. of the things that you want you want to do is that what you're saying? Yes, freedom is the under like freedom is the cornerstone of everything that I do. Uh, right. If uh, like th that's the credo, that's something that uh, is the very core of my beliefs. Uh, if I'm asked about values, freedom comes as the first thing. Then mm -hmm. comes uh, everything else. But freedom is important, and in a lot of cases, I notice that people they just they just give up their own freedom. They, they are not forced to work on their nine to five. They are not uh, like forced to abide the rules or do what they are asked to do. But when they still do it out of inertia, out of the fear that if they step out of their comfort zone, something bad is going to happen. They are not going to fulfill their dreams. Instead, they're just going to fail, starve and die. Yeah. <laughs> that's, what, that's what is holding back a lot of people. And I do believe strongly that once we are able to shatter that belief that once I like once I start doing whatever I actually want, everything is going to go to to like to the abyss. Like it's not uh, that. Yes, you are going to struggle. Yes, at first it's going to be uncomfortable. Yes, at first you are not going to understand what exactly to do. It's almost like those uh, tigers that were raised in captivity. And then they are let go uh, to a wilderness and they have no idea what to do. Mm. So this is pr probably very similar. But uh, with that said, we are humans. We have uh, support groups. We have coaching. We have books. We have uh, a lot of information. We have uh, even AI right now to help with uh, those menial tasks that uh, you have no idea how to do. Mm. But at like we are way better off than that uh, poor tiger. The tiger doesn't have any support systems. So once the person decides to go like this, like full-blown entrepreneurial journey, I would say that uh, it's a good idea if you know what you're doing. <laughs> so first, <laughs> so first, learn what you need to be doing. So learn something that works. Even experiment. 
like the best uh, piece of advice would be to not let go of your nine to five until you actually uh, have enough money to last long enough. Mm -hmm. It's not uh, it's not something that uh, you should do out of a whim. So at some point you just decide like, okay, that's enough. I don't want to work here anymore and I don't want to work uh, for anybody else. I just want to work for myself. And then yeah. you're left without any uh, any funds to pay your bills every like month in and uh, like uh, every day in and day out. And then you are left with uh, those limited choices because like yeah. the less uh, money you have, the less you can do with all the paid tools or people that you can hire. Mm -hmm. That's why a lot of people turn turn to investors. So they go uh, and uh, seek funding uh, to just last long enough so that they can implement their idea to see how it flourishes, uh, to learn everything without risking their own money. <laughs> yeah. Any other pieces of advice, like practical advice, like the one yes. you just gave? Okay, so the first one would be definitely don't invest into inventory, don't invest into something that uh, you are not sure you're going to be able to sell. Mm -hmm. Another thing would be to not try to invest in something like a fancy design, a logo, or uh, all those uh, frills and, uh, I don't know, like uh, those glittering objects uh, that every agency or every marketer out of there is telling you to buy. You don't have to have a good logo. You don't have to have uh, like a fancy website set up with the latest technology. You don't have to have an IT team at originally. Because if you want to start your own business, the best would be to start with something small, uh, something that is manageable and that you can uh, do yourself, like social media, for example. You can uh, start a Twitter account and uh, start posting about a specific topic, engage with the audience, then uh, then launch a product that that audience wants. You don't have to start from scratch. You don't have to start from that uh, unfortunate point where we found ourselves in China. When I moved to China, uh, I didn't have any customers at that point. Mm -hmm. And we uh, it almost kind of uh, felt like uh, we were jumping off a cliff and while we were falling, we were trying to assemble a plane. Not a very good uh, situation <laughs> to be in. Well, a lot of startups are in the same situation. That's a good. That's a good analogy. <laughs> yeah. So when uh, I I'm totally on the same page with Gary Vaynerchuk uh, when he's talking about uh, not letting go uh, of your primary source of income until you have a very solid uh, side hustles kind of source of income. It's yeah. not about uh, just like going all in and then dying. Uh, it's about lasting alone enough so that it catches on, so that it starts going up and that the sales are uh, there. It's uh, all about uh, lasting long enough mm. because that's one of the truths that not a lot of uh, gurus and marketers uh, tell us about. But most of the time, uh, startups, they are struggling when they are starting. Because you have no idea what kind of uh, like attraction uh, method or what kind of uh, distribution channel is going to work for you. You're constantly in this experimental phase and you have to iterate, iterate, fail forward, fail forward, fail forward, and not lose enthusiasm in the process. <laughs> that's, the, that's the most important thing. You have to fail forward, you have to persevere, you have to be persistent, and then you're going to have uh, some success in the end. And don't forget that in a startup world, you can pivot at any point. 
it doesn't have to be your original idea that's going to succeed. You can just change the idea, tweak it somehow, and then you're going to have success. It's not about just like, it's not about just being stubborn and saying like, okay, if I say 100 times uh, that you buy this product, you're going to buy it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, in, in, in your case, you're talking about not losing your enthusiasm. I like to talk about greed. Uh, yes. In your case, you went to China, you hit a wall, but you did not, you did not give up. Where, where did you find that energy? Well, I would say that uh, we didn't hit a wall. We actually hit the rock bottom. <laughs> like, yeah, that, that was the thing. Uh, when we were trying everything possible uh, with, uh, with a startup, uh, we, didn't, uh, we didn't know about a lot of opportunities. We were stubborn in our own ways that uh, we are doing the right thing. Everyone else doesn't know what we're doing. So, at, And what it led to was literally just we, we explored every possibility with that specific uh, business model. And we understood that it's not scalable without investing heavily into workforce or uh, scaling the warehouse or then scaling the marketing and uh, actually the, way, the other way around. So we needed to figure out the marketing first and then uh, scale the operations to support it. But still, even just with those 100 customers that we had at that point, it was unbearably high workload. We were 100% immersed in the operations to just mm -hmm. serve those 100 customers, but we barely survived on what the income that, that brought in. I mean, uh, we barely survived after paying for the apartment, for the electricity, for the internet, for the warehouse, uh, and then for inventory itself. Mm -hmm. So it was just literally like even. We were breaking even. Yeah. And uh, at some point, uh, one of our biggest customers just stopped buying. We uh, we just went out of business, and we went out of business next to them, <laughs> just because we didn't have enough income to sustain that what we had. And yeah, so why didn't we lose enthusiasm? Yeah, uh, I just believe that we did. But after some uh, time, we recovered. Like for those four years when we were freelancing and doing consulting work and uh, IT, like IT development work, we just regained the confidence back because we understood that uh, there is something that we were good at uh, yeah. instead of that our business where a lot relied on the, the product that the suppliers provided, uh, the logistic company delivering on time, uh, the, like I, I guess uh, the no fluctuations in the customer uh, or sales, like the sales. Mm. Have, yeah. you, have you ever thought about going back to a nine to five office job? Why would I? Like what would what would be the benefit of that? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, like you're asking, you should know why you're asking that question. No, but yeah. you know, I've, I often say that after hundreds of interviews with uh, entrepreneurs like yourself, I believe like entrepreneurship is your calling, and it it's like it's 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 part of you. It's like a virus, but a good virus. You know that it's that's in you. Mm. And, I, and I think what some people die was, from the viruses. You know, <laughs> like. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that that is one of yeah. But some people die. Uh, some people, some entrepreneurs can die because of their their job, and because they burn out if you don't pay attention. Yeah, uh, that's the other extreme of the enthusiasm. Uh, but I I think what you're saying here, if I read between the lines, is also it's there's no alternative. You know, you had the the fact that you also had uh, you never lost your enthusiasm is it's because you would not see yourself do something else. 
it, it's all about freedom in the end because yeah. uh, whenever I think about a nine to five job, uh, I'm just working in a company and uh, I'm making their plans uh, come true. Uh, I'm helping other people implement everything that they ever wanted. Uh, and then what do I have in the end? Uh, I have money. That's all I have. Uh, everything else doesn't come from that. Uh, I don't feel that uh, I'm helping anybody in a big way. Like, yes, I do make a difference. I help uh, like all the employees of the company to to do their best job, uh, or I'm helping with achieving certain goals. But then again, these are the goals of that company. They're not mine. And I don't have any uh, kind of ownership uh, over that. And in the end of the day, uh, if that company decides to fire me, there isn't anything I can do about that. It's just uh, how things are. And uh, like I, uh, that's why uh, when I was freelancing, I usually worked with uh, three or four or five customers at the same time, mm. just because it's not sustainable to depend on only one customer. And that's what you are locked in when you are working nine to five, you just have to uh, be there uh, for that one company and you have to be, be there even physically if they demand uh, on-premises uh, participation. Yeah. When you're working remotely, that's a little bit uh, different but still, you have to dedicate the hours. Uh, if we're paying you for eight hours uh, work, you have to be there for eight hours. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's uh, literally, I guess there is no uh, chance of legacy there. It's just uh, work. When you are spending the time, you're getting the money. And what do you do with the money? That depends on you, uh, on you. You can buy a car, you can buy an apartment, you can start a company, you can fund something else. That depends on what you actually want and why. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I want to talk uh, about uh, one topic in particular, uh, which is the fact that you're a woman and you're an entrepreneur. Yeah. I have a lot of difficulties to find women entrepreneurs uh, and to invite them on my show. Uh, men, no problem. Women, uh, I, have, I have difficulties. I am not sure why. <laughs> uh, because there are a lot of women entrepreneurs out there, uh, but also I believe also they are they are struggling a bit more than men. Well, what would you would you have anything to tell them in particular? Well, that's an interesting question because I have never uh, actually associated myself with this uh, particular group, like women entrepreneurs, mm. just because I think of myself as an, an entrepreneur and a CEO or like a CEO of my company, but I don't think of myself as a woman. <laughs> that, <laughs> might, that, might, that might sound very weird uh, yeah. because in this context, it just, uh, it, it's irrelevant whether you're a man or a woman, uh, unless you do, like unless your entire business uh, idea is about serving women, for example, you need to just appeal to that specific category mm -hmm. uh, or you are in a wellness or beauty niche and you want to become this uh, kind of celebrity where everyone is looking at you and they are buying whatever you're saying. They, they, they should be buying. So I just thought that it's more important to, to actually have a good strategy, to have good sales skills, to have good speaking. Uh, it's more important to focus on your actual professional skills then on the fact that you're a woman or a man, it doesn't mm. matter. It doesn't matter for me, at least. Uh, for other people, it matters. Like, but for them, also matter. What matters is the race, where you're from, or what kind of uh, car you're driving. I'm not part of that group. Like, I, I look through that, and I just don't uh, don't even pay attention to those kind of stigmas or some kind of stereotypes. Like a woman entrepreneur. Like, who cares whether I'm a woman or a man? Like. Uh, 
it doesn't matter in business if you are one or the other unless your skills are very uh, solid you will not succeed anyway <laughs> so like it doesn't matter i think thank you uh, i really i really enjoy what you what you say it's irrelevant i really like it yeah hmm. it's just this is just like equality in its pure form like it doesn't yeah. matter whether you're a woman or a man really uh if you have an idea if you have uh, something to help people with uh, if you have uh, a solid product why would it matter if you're a woman or a man like yeah. some products they don't even have their uh their chiefs like chief executive officers uh, on the landing page of their product like nobody knows what kind of uh entity stands behind that specific product that specific supplement or that specific knife that is being sold uh unless uh, that just becomes uh like the social media persona so mm -hmm. well, elon musk for example he's visible but uh behind certain companies like chevrolet like have i seen the ceo of chevrolet ever <laughs> I, don't, I don't think i have mm -hmm. but uh, mm -hmm. yeah so it just depends if uh, that's the media personality, if that's something that you are leading with, uh, if you want to just empower women with your product, you could do that. In other cases, I think uh, just like do whatever, whatever it takes to serve your market, to help your customers. And it doesn't matter whether you're a woman or a man. But what is the big dream for your business? Well, for, for TrekMage, I believe uh, like the big dream would be to really holistically reach that point uh, where we will be able to serve entrepreneurs in a big way. Right now, it's just not quite there yet, the functionality, at least from my standpoint, because my vision is to literally just track everything. So mm -hmm. uh, have uh, the visibility of uh, like which product is performing the best, then uh, go from there and uh, be able to fulfill the product from multiple sources. And from there, just have like total transparency where you are losing money on shipping, for example, or a specific region uh, where you can just optimize that cost. So it's just uh, like having this merger between bookkeeping, project management, and then shipment tracking and all the uh, e-commerce specifics. So that's the vision. But then again, this company, uh, like the, what we have already, we are able to serve uh, and we're able to like solve a lot of major problems. So my current mission and uh, my current uh, goal would be to serve as many entrepreneurs as possible. So let's say a million entrepreneurs to uh, like get them out of the routine operations and elevate them and empower them to do the things that truly matter. So that's the idea of this business, because I remember how struggle, how I struggled in China, how I was always like, just like uh, every time uh, we, we got a big order, I was just like mentally sighing, like, come on, now I just have to fulfill those 100 boxes and mm -hmm. uh, just I, I need to package that. I need to track that. I need to ship it to the uh, company, like to, I mean, the logistics company and all that stuff that really it was draining because yeah. I understood that uh, when I made a sale, I made money. When I was fulfilling it, I was losing money. Like literally, like it, it felt like that. Yeah, yeah. You help you helping your clients to stop being the bottleneck in their businesses. Yes, <laughs> and not just like not just individuals because uh, after that uh, I had a lot of experience working with teams and uh, yeah. even big teams. Uh, so uh, Trek Mage is optimized to get everyone on the same page. 
essentially. Like all your customer support people, warehouse people, all your uh, fulfillment agents, uh, like everyone uh, should be on the same page. And literally on the same page. <laughs> what I, that's what I mean. Like when yeah. you log into TrackMage, you can just see the same dashboard and everyone is going to be seeing the same shipments. Uh, there is uh, a degree of control over that because, for example, if you have a supplier from China, uh, let's call them the supplier X, you can create a workspace and put them there. And you will see all the shipments, everything uh, in that workspace. But when uh, your warehouse manager, they will see all the suppliers' uh, workspaces, for example. And then they will be able to track like this shipment is coming from the supplier X, this is the supplier Z, this is the supplier Y, and then uh, it just all becomes more manageable and transparent. And the best part would be that uh, there is a lot of automation to even help with uh, tracking the problems in your business, uh, something like a delayed shipment. So mm -hmm. let's say the supplier said that we are going to ship on 21st of uh, November, uh, and then where is the 21st of November, nothing was shipped when you uh, you have the ability to just see it uh, up like right away without having to wait until your customer who ordered for example this product two weeks ago they're going to reach out to support and ask like where is my stuff yeah. and you'll be you're going to be, oh my god it wasn't even shipped like come on come on like we need to do something about it. okay um i have two more questions for you uh, the first one is what is, is the one recommendation, practical recommendation you would give to entrepreneurs or wannabe entrepreneurs? I think I'm just going to reiterate uh, mm -hmm. and uh, go, go back to our previous conversation where we were talking about, like, don't let go of your nine to five before you have a sustainable uh, income from your uh, actual business. That's one. Uh, if you want to go all in, take funding, uh, because otherwise you will not last long enough for the business to take off. Mm -hmm. uh, educate yourself as much as possible with marketing, sales, and all the stuff that, uh, for example, software developers don't like to do. Uh, they just think that like, oh, if I build it, they will come. That era, that era, uh, it died kind of like yeah. uh, in the current world. We have to we have to be visible first, and then we build the product for the people who actually follow us or the people who want to buy the product. Uh, if we do it our way around there is a lot of room for failure mm. so basically start selling first then build or start uh, just creating some kind of idea uh, and uh, some information around that idea to test the market after that build mm. if you actually see that there is uh, a need for this product because otherwise you will be just spinning the wheels uh, you will be working on a product that nobody wants on the market and it's a common mistake uh, a lot of startup funders do still yeah do, actually okay last question how can people contact you my favorite social media would be linkedin uh, mm -hmm. people can find me on uh, linkedin uh, just typing my uh, unpronounceable surname there uh, <laughs> so it's uh, irina Paddubnaya. Uh, that would be it. And you can find uh, us on all our social media by uh, typing track mage so TrackMage uh, is a software as a service and you can visit us at trackmage.com. Uh, so if you have a Shopify store or WooCommerce store or any other system like ClickFunnels, uh, TrackMage is a good uh, system to have in your stack. So basically what you can get is you can get extra sales from existing customers without uh, hiring more staff or spending more uh, money on ads. So that's what you can get. But then again, the vision for the tool is much bigger. 
-hmm. you can optimize your processes, you can get uh, your logistics uh, and operations and customer support on the same page. And you have all the fancy uh, wholesale tracking functionality where you can track all the shipments on the same page as well. So it's like transparency and optimization uh, for the businesses that are a little bit bigger than just uh, the startups where you are just testing the demand or something like that. Amazing. Thank you very much, Irina, for your time today. Mm, thank you, Lauren. <laughs> and thank you for listening. If you like this show, I need your help to get this podcast grow and inspire more entrepreneurs or wannabe entrepreneurs. One thing you can do is to leave a review on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. Thank you and see you next time. Bye for now.